Welcome to the Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Ford. Your weekend wake-up tradition for the last 30 years. It's Rosie on the House. And a beautiful Arizona Saturday morning to you all. Still dark outside, but I have confidence it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be a beautiful day. 100% chance of sunshine in about uh, 30 minutes. I love it. <laughs> what are you going to do with that sunshine today? Get out in it. Go for a hike, go for a bike. It's going to be beautiful today. A little chance of rain tonight, but you know what? We need the rain. So. We need the rain. It makes the desert smell so good. And snow, too. Grand Canyon is still open, and it is their 100th anniversary of the Grand Canyon National Park. If you haven't got your Arizona Highways edition for February yet, they dedicate the entire magazine to the Grand Canyon. Just some great articles and stories and pictures uh, covering. And you know the funniest thing, though? I really liked all the family circus uh, that cartoons the best? on the Grand Canyon. What do you got? About 15 here. <laughs> with all, him? Of all the great different stories. I don't know if it's just where I'm at with my life with kids and traveling and how funny all these uh, family circus comics I, I can relate to. That was my favorite part of, uh, <laughs> of the edition. But it, it's Arizona Highways magazine. It's like a book. I mean, you don't throw this away when you're done. That. That'll have for a long time. And the whole first couple pages is, are ways they have to celebrate that 100th anniversary all through the year. So be sure you pick up a copy and see ways to get out and enjoy that. In addition to the Grand Canyon, we're also in Turf Paradise's 63rd anniversary today. Wow. And they've got a big okay. day going on. The racing starts about 1240. And ahead of the third race, they're going to stop and recognize Ray Odom. <gasps> Ray Odom, our new buddy. They are. He's going to be there signing his book, um, you can get it. It's the book itself. He was here on July 28th talking about it. It was a lifetime of radio records and racehorses. He was a radio personality in the Arizona for many, many years. Uh, he's now 92 and still still out there uh, hustling. So uh, you, you get a chance to go by, meet Ray, get his autograph. They also have uh, a kid's play area. They've got barbecue. They've got... Uh, giveaway totes they're handing out to everybody that comes out. <coughs> but that would be a nice way. 10, 12, 40. Get a, get a little lunch and enjoy a couple races out of Turf Paradise. That'd, that'd be a nice way to spend the day. It would be. And if you want to know a little bit more about Ray, pick up that podcast we did with him because he's a prolific songwriter, has sung with all the great ones of the 60s and 70s. He's just a hoot and still singing. He'll come out and sing for you. Hire him to come entertain your party. And then you could also go to Casa Grande, Casa spend Grande? some time at a museum. Is it Casa Grande or Casa Grande? It depends on who you ask, how long <laughs> they've lived there, and what they... Uh, <laughs> I like Casa Grande. But do you know it did not start out as Casa Grande? I did not. So in 1879, it started up as a little mining town, and the Southern Pacific what? Railroad ended there. Don't ask me what they mined. I don't know. <laughs> we were talking about this this week as well, that we needed to get the Arizona Mining Commission on uh -huh. just to talk about mining. It is such an interesting and big part of Arizona. And history. Yeah. And I've always wondered, what makes somebody a miner stop and say, I'm going to dig right there? I don't know. I've, I've always wanted to know that. And 
usually it's it's rocks or certain things they see in the hills. To stop and start digging on flat land? Well, maybe it was just on the way to somewhere. Who knows? But the Southern Pacific Railroad ended there. So okay. That's the end of the line, so they called it Terminus. <laughs> but I think they realized nobody would ever come to a town called Terminus, so they end up naming it after the ruins, so it's Casa Grande, after Casa Grande ruins. And what year was that? 18? 1879. Was, Terminus okay. lasted about maybe a year, and then it was... And I come from a Southern Pacific Railroad family. I didn't even know that. Wow. I That's love amazing. it when I know Terminus, something you don't know. Terminus, Terminus, Arizona. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And in, when you're in Terminus or Casa Grande, <laughs> you can stop by and see. We have a new place to visit in Casa Grande, and we have. It is called the, um, help me out here. This is Stephen Hill, Museum Director and Curator of the Hills of Casa Grande, Pioneers of Arizona Museum. Did I get it all right? Pioneer Heroes of Arizona. Pine Pioneer Heroes of Arizona. Welcome, Stephen. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So you have an incredibly interesting story. Um, so this little museum, you, how long have you been open? We've been open since November 15th. You are brand new. Brand new. So we want to let people across Arizona know how fabulous this, this museum is. And um, in talking to you, this collection came from your folks, is that correct? Yeah, the core of the collection came from my parents uh, that gathered it uh, since the 1950s. 1950s. So your parents, were they from here? No, we used to vacation when I was a child. They used to bring uh, me on vacations here to Casa Grande and through uh, through Central Arizona. And so you drive; they're driving around, and they just start. How do they get? Tell us some of the, a few of the things that people will find there, and then and how they maybe how they found those things. Sure. So um, their interest started um, in in Western history started. Uh, probably from my father's uh, working for the movie industry. I was a set designer for over 40 years, uh, as well as my grandfather, Roland Hill uh, Sr., uh, was the uh, principal designer on the Disneyland Castle. So your grandfather designed the castle, yeah. as well as, you told me, the main street of Main Street of and Disney. the original pirate ship, but yeah. Wow, so what a heritage. So that creativity and interest in... In the, uh, I want to come back to that, but let's let's stick to your museum first. So we got your grandpa, and then your f then your dad's in the set industry, and then they're tooling around in Arizona, and he finds things. They, exactly, they they loved Western history, um, and it was part of uh, what they did for a living in, in the movie business. But also, uh, we would take vacations through um, New Mexico, Arizona, Central Arizona, uh, Casa Grande, and in those days, you know, I, I was born in 1969. Um, but in those days, in the in the 70s, you could uh, literally find, you know, pieces. I remember one story where my parents and I were on vacation here in Casa Grande, and there was an old gas station, and they stopped for gas, and the, the uh, man who ran the gas station had in the back of his gas station, he had boxes full of Native American artifacts just, you know. How does that come up, up when you're getting gas? Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It was the 70s, so things. <laughs> <laughs> So they, they, did they just go back in the back and just start yeah, seeing what he had available? Yeah, they bought some of them as uh, pots and, uh, and other things. And so the collection that we have at the museum now in Casa Grande is, uh, is uh, the core of the collection belonged to my parents, uh, Western artifacts. And then also we have a few other donor uh, families that have joined us. And then we have pieces uh, on loan uh, from all over the country, really, from people that responded to our advertisements for uh, people that uh, had um, um, Arizona antiques and things from Arizona history. Well, tell us, just go ahead and give out the, the exact address and the hours and things so people, as their, as their curiosity is being piqued, they can kind of plan, how am I going to get there and when? Sure, absolutely. So if you go to Casa Grande, there's an old old town, Casa Grande, 
and uh, there's an uh, the uh, and you really have to get off I-10 to appreciate the town. If you just blow through, get gas on one of the main exits where the strip mall is, you miss a really charming town. You just get off and go. Well, I guess it depends on what exit, but you get off on Florence Boulevard and go west. I mean the state build or the the city building itself is beautiful it's got that huge park on the south side of the road and the old town strip where the railroad and the uh, you know there's like a, a five-way quasi intersection where the holiday inn is that whole downtown strip you've got Bedillon's right there you've got the museum of casa grand and your museum is right there right right as well as the old library which has a wonderful collection of western books um, so we're right across from the old library in downtown in the old town um, and like you say, the old town is, in my opinion, the best part of Casa Grande. It's just so so quaint and has a wonderful um, uh, business atmosphere. And you're open today? We are open today, 11 to 4. Um, our hours are, generally speaking, uh, Tuesdays through Saturdays, 11 to 4, uh, or by appointment. And, uh, and then uh, we have a website. It's uh, pioneerheroesmuseum.com. So do you man all those hours? Are you the, you the tour guide as well? I am right now because we're a little little business. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, we're getting started. How many? Is it one big room? Is it, it's uh, about sixteen hundred square feet. Okay. Uh, and display cases, glass display cases. Everything's behind glass. Um, and uh, you know, you come in the front door. We have a um, a check in desk there, and um, we love to hear your history, your own stories, and and then uh, we take you on a personal tour. Cool. Well, um, I want I want to dig a little deeper. Then let's let's talk about. Um, some of the pieces. Um, the, uh, let's start with the mammoth bone. I thought that was really intriguing. You have a mammoth bone. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, so, you know, the, the museum really prides itself. I mean, it's a wonderful collection uh, in and of itself, but the museum prides itself on having um, a widely diverse um, geographic and uh, time-historic uh, um, analysis. So, for example, the mammoth bone is uh, the Ice Age, and we start there with our, our tours. And we teach uh, our visitors all about the Ice Age in Arizona, what the environment was like. But we have a mammoth bone there that was found by a lady digging in her garden in Casa Grande. <laughs> really? Yeah. Do, so do you know where that spot is? We, well, we don't know exactly where the spot is, but we do know that uh, there's probably more of the mammoth right <laughs> down in her garden somewhere. Well, yeah, you need to find her garden and keep digging, right? Uh, right. Right. <laughs> so how do you... So the, where did they find? Did your folks actually find this bone? So no, the, uh, we actually bought the bone. It was uh, there's a newspaper article uh, that was run about it. What do you pay for a mammoth bone? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> we actually, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it depends. This is a large one. This is a, a the front leg bone, and it's it's quite large. And uh, we paid about twelve hundred dollars for it. Wow, wow. Well. Um, so you, you said you educate people. So if you're taking the tour, I imagine you've had some school groups come through as well. Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we do, and we're, we're uh, creating a flyer for the school districts in, in and around Casa Grande in central Arizona. Okay. Well, you have a, a robe I want to talk about. I think we're about time for a break here. We'll go ahead and take the break, and we'll come back and talk some more about some, in detail about some of those really cool pieces you have. It's our wide-open road, the Rosie on the House Arizona Hour with Sanderson Ford.
in our around Arizona. We find ourselves the majority of the topic today focused on Casa Grande. One of the reasons for that, our Rosie on the House promotion team is in Casa Grande today for the Casa Grande Home Show. We've got Lance Kunkel joining us on the line. Tell us a little bit about where y'all are at and uh, what y'all have for listeners that stop by. Hey, how you guys doing this morning? Good. Good to hear you. So Good. you're early bird today, are you? Yeah, yeah, early bird indeed. Um, yeah, we'll be off the uh, the Casa Grande outlets. I believe um, they're called City Gate. I believe is the name of the actual strip mall. And if you're unfamiliar of where that is, it's going to be just off the uh, I-10 and Jimmy Kerr Boulevard. And uh, just one note about that: if you're coming from the south, that would be westbound I-10. You can actually you can't get off on Jimmy Kerr. You'll have to go up to Florence and either take a side street or loop back down around the eastbound lanes, and you can get off that way. And y'all are there, you're right in the front entrance? Yeah, if you, uh, you go through the northernmost entrance, if you're looking for our booth and you look just to the left, you can't miss us. And if you're coming on the highway, uh, if you look on the northern end of the lot, you won't miss the uh, Rosie on the House Transit panel. I'll have it parked up there as well. Brand new Ford Transit. It's a big rolling billboard for Rosie on the House. And y'all have a couple promotional items? Yeah, we're going to be doing a giveaway, or sorry, a raffle. Uh, we'll have 10 prizes total. Uh, ranging from, uh, I think it's the Hex Armor uh, Impact Resistant Lizard Gloves. We also have the Hex Armor Industrial Gloves and a few uh, Cold Rush Neckband Towels. Uh, Lance Kunkel, hey, y'all, what time does the home show open? So doors will open at 10, but I'm told uh, people start lining up at 9.30. It's going to be a good show. We have uh, over 60 vendors here, including ourselves. Uh, we actually have our certified partners, Desert Sun Pool. They'll be right across the walkway from our booth. And then outside as well, we have uh, First Impression Ironworks. And I was actually told uh, they couldn't get an exhibit inside because their security doors were too robust to make it through the entrance. <laughs> That'd be a great thing to get to see up close. That's going on today in Casa Grande. You can get down there. It opens at 10. Promotional items for Rosie on the House East Story. Meet the Rosie on the House promotions team. Susan will be there as well. And he had mentioned uh, Desert Sun. It's Desert Sun Heating and Cooling. We do have a Desert Sun Pools out of Cave Creek. And Casa Grande, our partner, is Desert Sun Pool, uh, Heating and Cooling. Lance is our newbie. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Forgiven. <laughs> all all right. right. So we are visiting here in studio with museum director and curator Stephen Hill from the Hills of Casa Grande Pioneer Heroes Museum. Stephen, thanks again for coming up this morning. You know, I want to dig deeper into this beautiful chieftain robe that you have in your um, museum when you told me about it, I thought well that's cool but then you started telling me about the man who used to wear the robe and I love stories and I love um, just his story and I'm always curious when it's somebody I haven't heard of but it has, he had so much influence in his time and I'm talking about Luther Standing Bear why don't you tell me a little bit about about him and his and what you have of his sure yeah um, you know the, the, the West has so many heroes that uh, that have almost been forgotten <clears throat> Luther Standing Bear was uh, born in 1868. He died in 1939 in Huntington Park, California. Um, but he was an Ogallala uh, Lakota Sioux, uh, which at the time, uh, the Sioux were one of the largest uh, Native American tribes. He was really an early activist for Native American causes. And so uh, we think he's just so important to uh, be remembered. Um, you know, he, he uh, was a member of Buffalo Bill's Wild West show. Um, in 1902, he was an interpreter, a chaperone, performer. Um, he, uh, was, he was a skilled horseback rider, a Native American dancer. 
Um, and he was also asked to uh, perform solo for King Edward VII in, in England. Um, so he was just, he was just a, a remarkable uh, person for his people at the time. I never realized until reading a little bit about him in, in being an activist, the Wild Westing, the, the, the Wild Bill Hickok shows, were actually, um, a Buffalo Bill show, sorry, was um, actually a way of presenting to the American people, these are your Native American neighbors, and this is what, who they are. So it was, while Bill was thinking that, you know, he was, he was introducing them, it was a real privilege to be part of the show, and they, they enjoyed that, so... You know, they did, and uh, today, in, in hindsight, we tend to look at uh, things like Buffalo Bill's show and, and say, well, maybe they were a little bit exp- exploitative of, of Native Americans. But, but at the time, in fact, uh, you're exactly right. They, they didn't see it that way at all. And the Native Americans that were uh, part of his show were uh, happy to be there. Um, and, and they really um, did focus on Native American causes and help, helping to remind uh, the American people at the time of, uh, of how important it was. And so he, um, he did that. He was, he was an activist, um, and then he wanted people to understand the plight of the, the Native American, right? What, and what did he do in that besides the Wild Westing? Were there other things that he did to try to get that? Yeah, he, he, spent, his li- he spent his lifetime uh, trying to educate the public about Lakota culture, government policies toward his people. Um, he was also an author. He published his first book. It was called uh, My People, the Sioux, in 1928. Um, it's primarily an autobiography, um, but it highlights his youth. Um, his his uh, experiences in school, Indian schools at that time, um, ghost dancing, and also the, his Wild West uh, show experiences. So it's a great book if you can find a copy of it. I read it was considered college level as well, college level reading. So he was very accomplished. And, and then he was an actor. Right. Yeah, he was an actor in Hollywood. He uh, starred in some of the uh, early uh, silent films the t- and early talkies in the 30s. He also visited Casa Grande, and uh, we have a, a painting of his in our collection that he did of uh, Picasso Peak in about 1920. A painter as well. A painter as well. We also have his robe that you mentioned, which is hand-tied horsehair. took the women of his tribe about two weeks to make it, and uh, we have his full chieftain outfit. Right, right behind the glass. Right behind glass. It has his, uh, his uh, headdress with his buffalo horns, um, uh, wild turkey feathers, his uh, hand-tied horsehair robe, um, and also some medallions that were given to him uh, to, to his grandfather that he, he had at the time. That'd be worth a stop itself. Man, keeping that preserved, that, that's got to be a, a piece of history. You'd never recover something like that. What a treasure. Well, I'm glad we found y'all. Just opened in November. It's and it, you, 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 the Hills of Casa Grande Pioneer Heroes of Arizona Museum. Cruise it through the Arizona Hour with Sanderson Ford and Rosie on the house. We cruised through Yuma last week. We'll spend a little bit more time next week talking about him as well as our winner, Jack, from North Phoenix. will be traveling to Yuma. But when we were interviewing Linda, Linda Morgan. Morgan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very good, Romy. Well, she had mentioned Roger Naylor. Went to Yuma, didn't like it, and they called him back out and said, okay, we've got to get Roger on the phone to talk about this. And, Gary, you were able to track down Roger this week and get a little interview with him? I did, but before we talk with him, Linda Morgan said this about Roger, and she's with VisitYuma.com last week. Uh, Roger Naylor wrote an article in our visitor's guide because he actually tells a story that he didn't think much of Yuma. It was the only place in Arizona that he didn't really care for. 
And then um, about 10 years ago, the Visitors Bureau, I wasn't here, but they invited him to come back and he, you know, he wanted to do right by journalism. And so he, he gave us another chance and now he loves you, mine. Okay, Roger, here's your chance to give us the rest of the story. Well, it, when I first showed up in Yuma in the 70s, there was nothing for me to like about the town other than the Yuma prison, which, you know, as a Western buff, uh, that's, that was the most notorious hoose gal of the Old West. So I, I like that. And also I like any prison that I'm not in. It kind of validates <laughs> yeah. my choices somehow. <laughs> but uh, the, the town itself, uh, it drove me crazy. It was a desert community with a river running right through it, and you couldn't even access the river. It was overgrown. A big uh, trash dumps were there. Hobo camps were lining the river. It was just a mess, just awful. And uh, every time I would go back over the years, that's sort of the way it was. So I just quit on you. I just gave up. And then uh, once I started as a travel writer, I started writing for Arizona Highways, and later I'm writing for the Arizona Republic newspaper, and I corresponded with one of the, the people at Visit Yuma and say, you really need to come back. And I'm like, oh, okay, in the interest of journalistic fairness, I'll make a trip back. Hadn't been for probably 10 years, showed up, and holy cow, what a difference. They had uh, undertaken this massive uh, project uh, with all sorts of agencies working together hand in hand, a bunch of volunteers. They had cleaned up the riverfront. It looked uh, unbelievable. They had parks, they had beaches, they had uh, uh, restored wetlands and uh, planted hundreds of thousands of cottonwood trees and willows, restored that aspect of it. There were bike paths and hiking trails. It was family friendly. It was just amazing. I couldn't believe it. I'd never seen a project of that magnitude because uh, I'd gotten to see the before picture, and now I got to see the after picture. And, and the and thing about stopped. Yuma now oh. is that uh, it's not just a stop on the highway. Now it's a destination. Absolutely. That, and that's what I, I, I say about them, and I'm always the first one to admit, you know, I was wrong. They won me over. Yuma's one of my favorite places to go. Uh, especially during the winter and spring, but I even show up there in the summer, God help me, sometimes. And uh, it's just because once they started, once they saved the river, uh, it, it expanded from there. There's such pride in the community. The uh, downtown has been uh, revitalized. They've started up with all these walking tours and historic trolley tours, ghost tours. Uh, there's a great little museum right there downtown I'm going to be uh, speaking at next month. And uh, then they started with, because this is the, the basis of, uh, you know, so much at winter agriculture, Ninety over uh, 90% of uh, all winter vegetables consumed in the United States between uh, November and March are grown in Yuma. Um, so you think you've got all this land that they can't use, but then they started doing the agritourism. Uh, they'd do field to feast tours. They would do date night dinners. They would do savor Yuma tours, farmers' wives tours, all this great stuff. So you could go out and you could tour the fields. You could uh, actually pick some things and make a salad out of mm. out of these specialized fields uh, just north of town. There's the Castle Dome Mines Museum, which I always claim is the coolest place in Arizona nobody knows about. Wow. Uh, it's got like 50 uh, old historic buildings, uh, or some of them have been reconstructed and stuff from this uh, this big boom, mining boom, back in the 1870s and 80s that carried on, and every building is just this uh, a museum itself. It's uh, filled with artifacts, and most of these 
were taken from the mines and from the old buildings. The, the guy who bought the place rappelled down into the mines and salvaged all this stuff. You know, stayed there. It's just so cool out in the middle of the Kofas uh, Mountains there in the desert, and it's uh, gorgeous. And then they just discovered right next to it, they just opened this past year, the whole mine. That was and actually, uh, uh, you wrote an article about that, and I saw the pictures, and that I just did. blew my and mind. It's amazing. It's like being inside a kaleidoscope with these UV lights, all these colors just sleep off the walls at you. So, I mean, there's so much cool stuff there. They do a tour of the old uh, the Army base, Yuma Proving Grounds, where they test so much military equipment. You can visit the museum there. Mm. And, uh, you know, it just goes on and on. Every year I find something new. Uh, a couple of years ago I went out to... Uh, uh, Summerton, a little town south of Yuma, that they do a tamale festival in uh, December. And it's like 30,000 people show up. It's like the Woodstock of tamale festivals. <laughs> and, uh, it's just incredible with all the great food. You just go around eating tamales all day. What's a better day than that in yeah. December? And, and real quickly, I know you're going to be yeah. talking about Route 66. Uh, tell us about that. This is always a, a subject that's near and dear to my heart. Me too. I wrote a book called Arizona Kicks on Route 66. And I'm going to be in the Sun City West, the R.H. Johnson Memorial Hall, Sun City West, uh, January 16th at 1.30 p.m. for a free Route 66 presentation with a slideshow. And, and uh, I love discussing this because uh, Arizona, of course, is the state that saved Route 66. Uh, we have the longest unbroken stretch of Route 66 still in existence. The only national park uh, on Route 66 is here in Arizona. There's so much cool stuff, and it's like the ultimate spring and summer fall road trip. Okay, Roger, I know you're a busy man. you got to go out and write and explore, too. So, hey, thanks for coming on. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, that's the hardest thing about the 7 o'clock hours. We try and cover something but we end up covering everything there's so many things in arizona to talk about roger naylor uh, he's actually going to join us in a couple weeks uh, in the seven o'clock hour for a special broadcast but he his article in explore arizona it's a section in the republic today is a change of place getting acquainted with the serenity of small towns and every town he mentioned in here we've either sent a staycation winner to or have them sched or have that town scheduled for a trip this year, Wilcox, Alpine, Bisbee, Greer, uh, Patagonia. How about Casa Grande? And all of those, uh, we'll, we're, we'll come back around. Okay. All of those, he has a great thing of why <laughs> to go visit those small towns. Don't miss surprise and talk about, uh, you know, that's something that we need to make sure we're mirroring with our staycation, that all these things we're talking about, we make sure our winners have the opportunity to see those. And it's, it's, it's very challenging to select just one because there are so many things great going on in that state circling back around to casa grande they have the home show going on today our promotion team is going to be there at the mall but we've also got a new friend joining us in studio talking about the museum that just opened up the hills of casa grande pioneer hills of casa grande pioneer heroes of Arizona. Whew. Museum. <laughs> right. Stephen Hill, director and curator. I'm going to get that designated to memory soon. <laughs> <laughs> it's well worth it. <laughs> yes, I think it is. We got to get Roger to get down there and get a give a, a summary of it because I think he'd be really thrilled with it too. So let's talk about a couple more of the <clears throat> items and artifacts you have. I was really intrigued by the Anasazi pot you have. You know, we used to live in New River and the kids would play on the side of the hill and just bring in buckets full of little shards they'd find so the indian population in the right. arizona area and desert even was huge right. and but this pot is an entire pot i don't think i've ever seen 
you didn't they didn't piece it together right it was one right it's one solid pot yeah it's about the size of a of a five gallon bucket yeah it's huge yeah my uh, parents um it it was actually excavated in 1906 with uh, one of the earliest uh, excavations of the casa grande ruins and at that time you know you could just pick up pots off the ground out there you know whole whole ones intact and then it was sold a couple times at auction through the 30s and 50s and then it ended up, uh, my, my father had it in his garage for about 25 years. Um, but we brought it out to, uh, to show the public because it is probably one of the largest uh, pots from the Casa Grande ruins ever found. About the size of? Yeah, about a five-gallon bucket. Wow. Yeah. Boy, that's hard to even picture. I can't wait to see that. How much does it weigh? A lot. <laughs> you don't fill it with water <laughs> no, and carry it, I'm sure. A five-gallon plastic bucket right. of today, I'm sure, is nowhere near the same weight you fill that thing up, you're you're moving a hundred plus pounds. Yeah, actually, actually, interestingly, you know, they they didn't carry water too much in these pots, as much as as it was other foodstuffs. Um, most of the most of the archaeological finds of pots, uh, if you look inside them, they find you find little foodstuff particles. So storage. Yeah, we actually have two Anasazi um, uh, straw woven baskets that that are lined with pine tar, probably from the Prescott area. So it shows they had an extensive trade network, but also um, those are what they used to carry water in. Wow. And, and let's not forget to cover our, our mummy. That's incredible. Mummy. Yeah. And did you, did you, where did the mummy come from? Right, right. So the mummy's, uh, uh, it, it came from uh, down around the Arizona, New Mexico, Mexico border, right in the uh, tri-state area there, uh, east of Douglas. Did your folks buy the, find this piece? As well? No, actually, no? It's, on, it's on loan to us from okay. a rancher. And who found it? Yeah, and uh, but it's 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 really quite incredible. Um, it, we think it probably was a Spaniard that rode with Coronado in 1540. So tell us what you see. Is it, it so right? So when they found it, they were quick to excavate it. They called us in response to our ad looking for artifacts from uh, Arizona Western history, and uh, of course we had to take an insurance policy, and they they shipped it up to us in a box made of ranch wood that they uh, scuffled together at the last minute. And uh, and so it's quite incredible. It's a uh, skeletal remains. It has a uh, a, uh, a helmet and a breastplate on it, um, and you can see his teeth. And uh, it's quite incredible. Yeah. That was one guy that never made it to Yuma. If you joined us last Saturday, you know that was the first recorded history, uh, 1540, when the Spanish conquistadors uh, entered the Yuma Crossing. He didn't make it to Yuma. Right. No, he did not. He was actually buried in The summer heat got him. Right. (laughs) That heavy breastplate and all that armor. Should have just shedded it off, man. Right. And the rancher found it on his property? Is that how it happened? Wow. Yeah, and the the skeleton was buried in in sand. It was uh, dry sand inside a cave, and so it had no worms, no bacteria. And uh, like anything else buried in clean, dry sand, it just uh, it just sort of freeze-dried. Well, in the, in the last couple of minutes we have together, Stephen, just invite people to come. Tell them the hours, where to find you, you know, just, just welcome them. Sure, sure. Well, yeah, we, we certainly are hoping that the public turns out to see our museum. We, we think we have one of the finest little collections in Arizona, especially of costume and clothing. We have Western uh, artifacts of clothing, uh, original Wild West outfits, um, an Avondale firefighter uniform from the 1880s, policeman's outfit from the 1890s. Um, we have uh, jackets and uh, all sorts of Native American artifacts. But the main thing is the public can come here and see things that really I don't think you can see at any other museum in the entire state. 
it's really great to get up close and personal with things and, and to be able to have a curator like you to walk you through. Now, how does it work if I have an artifact? You said it's on loan from the rancher. If I had some piece of history to share with the museum, how I contact you and... Absolutely. And, you know, we can guarantee uh, that we'll show your piece. If, if it's of interest, we'll definitely put it on display, which is how we've gotten a lot of uh, little pieces uh, donated or uh, put on loan to us because we, we guarantee the... Uh, the, uh, the donor that uh, it'll be show, shown to the public. And that's something that if you have an important piece of Arizona history, uh, it really needs to be seen by, by the public. That's the Hills of Casa Grande, Pioneer Heroes of Arizona Museum. The address, you're in uh, downtown? Downtown, it's uh, 317 East 4th Street in Casa Grande. Wonderful. Well, opening today at 11 o'clock. That's plenty of time to get down uh, and see. A, a, well, I haven't been there yet, so I've <laughs> the, it, it looks like a very interesting place on the website you've got. It looks like a historic home this is in. Yeah, it's actually the uh, courthouse from built in 1945, the Casa Grande Courthouse. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's in a historic building as well. So it is. Where this is definitely on my, uh, my next trip south, the hills of Casa Grande, Pioneer Heroes of Arizona Museum. Thank you so much. The tank is full, and we're moving through the Arizona Hour with Sanderson Ford and Rosie on the house. I pulled this article out of the Wall Street Journal this week. I don't know if in the Rex Allen days and Wilcox they drive cattle down the street, or maybe at the Prescott Rodeo. I need We need to find out, do we have a parade in Arizona where they drive cattle down the street. Denver, their National Western uh, Stock Show Parade was Thursday, and they drive Longhorns through downtown Denver. And I, I know there's uh, my wife from Chowchilla, California. They do a cattle drive down Main Street. Arizona needs its cattle drive parade if we don't have one. We need to, if you know or are a part of a parade <laughs> that drives cattle in Arizona, let me know because we need to get that on the list. If not, we need to find one of these and add that to the – add it to whether um, it could be oh, – what, what does the hash knife do? They do the Pony Express mm-hmm, ride mm-hmm. into the arena in Scottsdale for the Prada del right. Sol. Do they, do they have, Yeah, they still do that too. They have a, uh, do we, a statue Do they bring too. cattle with that? No. The parade? Not, not Obviously not the Pony Express right. trail ride, but – that that one seems to make sense to add a cattle drive. I'm just to. having visions of <laughs> Spanish bulls running down the street and tossing people around. I don't know. <laughs> I think the Parada del Sol rodeo still has an occasional uh, cattle or two. I guess I would say, but I, I, you know, since they changed the parade route, I'm not sure if they even do that anymore. We got to get a cattle drive built into an Arizona parade. Okay, now, Romy, I know you don't like to go back in a broadcast, but I, you please just indulge me. I've meshed two people into one. I just need to apologize. I was thinking of Reggie, Rockin' Reggie Vincent when I was speaking. He is the songwriter we had on just a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. And he, that podcast is a ton of fun if, you, if you're into songwriting and all the music and the history of the rock and roll movement. But Somebody that uh, you, if you've ever heard School's Out for Summer by Alice Cooper, you've heard Rockin' Reggie's voice and guitar work. You just never knew you were listening to it. And in that podcast, we go through all the different songs that – he participated. He was the the behind the scenes guy of music for years. I mean, yeah. 
So he was fresh on my mind. So when you said Ray Odom was here in July, I'm like, you have the wrong, wait, romance the wrong date, but it's two different people. Two different people. Ray, Ray Odom was a, one of the original disc jockeys in the Phoenix area, has a lot of connections to the radio and music industry, but he also had this tremendous love of horses. So he ended up um, at Turf Paradise doing the announcing for the races and stuff, and that is how that ties in to the 63rd anniversary of Turf Paradise. And I apologize to Ray and Reggie. You're both great guys, and I didn't want to get your histories mixed up. No problem. And that is going on today. Turf Paradise is celebrating their 63rd anniversary, and they'll be highlighting Ray Odom ahead of the third race. And he's there signing his book. It's uh, radio. Uh, look on the second page of that article. Radio. Sorry, I didn't. Ray Odom, A Life of Radio, Racehorses, and there was a third thing that uh, I'm, I'm actually going to get now to be perfectly correct. A Life of Radio Records and Racehorses here in Arizona. And Ray a was life the, worth reading about. What fun. Yeah, Ray was also a promoter, and he brought Elvis into Arizona for the very first That's time. That's right. He had some fun stories about Elvis. So. Some not so fun. <laughs> now, our staycation, you can go to rosieonthehouse.com slash travelaz, and that'll bring you to our staycation entry. Our winner this month is going to Yuma. They're staying at the Shiloh Inns. That's next weekend. They get an Arizona Highway swag bag, $250 Visa gift card for traveling expenses. Their Sanderson Ford, Ford vehicle of choice. We've yet to hear what vehicle they've selected to travel in. And they've got a Coyotes Odie's gift basket and new Linda Morgan from VisitYuma.com, we had mentioned the peanut patch and how we needed to get that. She's like, I'm on it. So we don't have the details of everything she's put together. But once they get to Shiloh Ends, they're going to have another gift basket waiting for them in their room full of local uh, snacks from the peanut patch. That I mean, you go on there, they've got peanut brittle, peanut butter, pe everything you could imagine with peanut. And I, if it's got peanuts in it, I'm... You're really excited about this one, Robin. Oh, man. <laughs> I have to make sure you get one, too. <laughs> <laughs> the peanut patch. And then you can enter while you're there, but you you will be entering for February. If you're not a golfer, this probably isn't one for you. You could wait and enter in March when we go to Wickenburg or April when we're going to Douglas. You can just scroll through the month and see which one of those are of interest to you, enter to win. But this one is to the Tubac Golf Course Resort and Spa. This has... Uh, Lance was on with us last week talking about all the details to the package that I did not designate to memory and didn't remember because I'm not really a golfer. I don't really care, and I wouldn't enter for this one either. But uh, I, I was going to say, <laughs> you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy that. It's a beautiful resort. Yes, and but you would waste the golf, true, the 18-course golfing Yeah, you want somebody who truly enjoy that. It's also a very artsy area, kind of a fun place for shopping. And if you like wine, too, there's some great wineries in the area. And we draw the winner on the 15th, so I think that's is next Saturday. It will be the 19th. So you've only got a couple days left here to, to enter to win for two back, and then afterwards we're going to Wickenburg. And that's rosieonthehouse.com, all made possible by our partner Sanderson Ford. And that's where your staycation starts, at Sanderson Ford, 51st Avenue, just south of Glendale at Maryland. You show up, you've designated, uh, they've already got the, the vehicle off the demo lot selected for you. They've got the gift basket. You park your car behind the security gate. It stays there safely till you return. You get on the road and you go enjoy Arizona. That's the Arizona Staycation only at rosieonthehouse.com slash travel AZ.